Today's episode of Semi Gush is brought to you by the five second foreshadowing trope. Now I know what you're thinking. Foreshadowing, it tends to be something that you build to. You start with something a little earlier in the movie, maybe like the first couple of minutes in, and then by the very end, boom, you get a gut punch. And when you go back and you trace everything that happened in the movie, you think, oh, I can't believe I didn't see that happening. But this is something a little different. Let's say that, you know, you're about to become a made man and everything's going your way and everyone's all excited for you. Well, kind of excited for you. And then you go into the room where you're going to meet everybody and you're going to get made and you see that room empty and then it's over. It's curtains for you. There was no foreshadowing to this whatsoever. Or was there? The five second foreshadowing used perfectly in this film. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How about some nice uh, gabagool? I do like some gabagool. You know, I have not seen one episode of Sopranos. Not even one. I haven't either. I you haven't, haven't either? either? No. Oh, hell. Then this, okay, this is the perfect time to say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new regular occurring segment on Cinema Gush called, oh my gosh, you haven't seen that yet? And we're looking forward I, to I, it. I'm really excited about this as a recurring segment, although I, I'm a little worried you're now going to say that we have to watch the entirety of The Sopranos for an episode. No, goodness. I, I don't I don't think... Well, how many are there? 60? 70? I don't know. Yeah, so... It was the show that changed television, is what they say. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, mm-hmm. the thing is, and this ties into our, our film a little bit, I... <sighs> I'm not usually one for mob films. Um, it's usually something that is kind of a drag to get me to see in a way. I can't really what? think of a Why mob movie I love. I think it's tough for me to look evil in the face. There are 86 episodes of The Sopranos. Sorry, I had to get that out. Um, it's. <laughs> I, I, I think... Oh, what the hell? They don't listen to this. I think it's hard because when you grow up in kind of a... Uh, I don't want to say a sheltered home, but there's this idea that like when you see bad people on TV or movies, maybe you're also a bad person or you shouldn't like watching that kind of stuff. Um, so I never really saw anything where people get away with bad things. Um, Chinatown, which I mean, that movie's old, but there's a, that movie does not end happily in any way, shape or form. So I never watched anything like that. No anti-heroes, um, no movies that make glorified crime, as it were. So I think sure. with that kind of a baseline, I didn't see things like The Godfather or Goodfellas or I guess Scarface is a really good example and of so, another one I haven't seen. I've not seen um, Scarface either, but see, of the three you mentioned, and again, it's the only one I haven't seen, my understanding is Scarface is really the only one that does glorify the violence. That's or some people interpret too. that way, at least. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing. I, I could not have been more wrong because uh, Goodfellas, if anything, shows that if crime pays, it's for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And those are some really good 10 minutes. And the build-up to it is often bad. Minutes, but and it's um, the Breaking Bad thing of like constantly shutting your soul with every decision that you make. And um, that's that, I think, is the more important thing. It's, it's, the good times may last for years, but you're yeah. a hollow shell of a man. 
Yeah, and and the thing is, I think also this movie has the f bomb said two hundred and forty six times, of course, by Joe Pesci of Home Alone fame. Um, so there's there's also that aspect, I suppose. Um, although those make for the best TV adaptations. I'll never forget watching The they Matrix do. and when he gets the slug pulled out of his belly button, he goes, "Jeepers creepers, that thing's real." <laughs> um, <laughs> So those often tend to be the best. I um, watched actually, a movie on an airplane where they played the game BS, and it was really? every time they said "bull spit, bull spit." <laughs> I'm calling bull spit on that. Oh my gosh! I actually met the two guys at Universal years ago. Who that was their job was to make air, the airplane friendly versions of movies. Amazing. They did oh, the editing and all that good stuff. Speaking of which, I saw The Northman and remind me about airplane versions when we get to what have you been watching? Oh my gosh! I saw the most. You, uh, sorry, folks, quick side tangent here. Remember that TikTok I sent you of the guy? I just posted this on the Cinema Gush Facebook page where the guy's like, I love a good Marvel movie, but boy, Marvel fans outside of Batman, it wasn't fun. I didn't <laughs> laugh at all. There was no magic. And he's all like screaming at the critic. <laughs> um, yeah. I bring that up to say, I saw somebody do that about the Northman today on Facebook. It wasn't great. I didn't get it. There were flaws. The writing was bad. Like, all of these things, and I'm just like, when I get Facebook memories of me 12 years ago writing my scathing reviews or something because I didn't care for the the greed or the avarice that it um, decided to propel upon the audience, that must have been how I sounded. And that always takes me back to The Dark Knight Rises. So that's what that feels like to see that <laughs> yeah. in action. <laughs> so, so okay, let's, let's jump off that. Would you have written a review like that about Goodfellas back then? Back on, yeah, and here's and here's the kicker for this movie. It wasn't till, um, is her name Catherine, the wife, when she has the gun on his face mm-hmm. that I suddenly remembered. Oh my gosh, I have seen this before. You've and seen I saw this it, movie, really? And I, but but I, but it was back when, um, when just you know being on your phone and watching a movie was just starting to happen because yeah. I was doing something else and this so movie was on the background. I specifically rented it from Blockbuster Video. I could not have remembered five minutes of this movie easily, but wow. I remembered that sequence because I was like, oh gosh, that's kind of terrifying, but I forgot everything else. Um, so to me, that was not a full review, but you bet. Sure, yeah, sure. I, I would have said the same similar thing, um, but man, I would feel very differently now because this is the thing that Martin Scorsese is so good at, and this is quoting Gene Siskel here, he shows sin, and he yes. shows the truth of it, and he shows the consequences of it. There's no glorifying it. There's no riding off into the sunset with your bags of money. Um, even, and I guess, you know, spoilers in general for this film. Um, it's from even, 1990. I, I think we can go full spoilers at this point. Don't worry, listen I, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, although I suppose, you know, this is a famous enough story where one would really know the ending anyway, is he rats everybody out to get off of getting in trouble and goes into witness protection. That's not a happy ending. He's quite miserable at the end of the film. All he is doing is um, not getting murdered in the same way that other people in the movie were murdered. Um, And in the end, he says, I think it was schnook or schluck. Now he's just a schnook or something. Something like that, yeah. Uh, And his wife leaves him not one year later, so. I think it's interesting, though, to point out that he's also not one bit remorseful by the end. Not at all. Scorsese, I don't think, is ever saying that you'll get your emotional comeuppance. I think what he's saying is that, in some ways, that this man has no interior life, no existence inside of him. He is just this, the things that he does, and when he can't do those things, he's got nothing. 
Yeah. If the most interesting thing about you is the bad stuff that you do, then I'm afraid you're just not a very interesting person. That said, the movie was awfully entertaining, and I found myself genuinely gripped, um, even just from the very beginning. You know, that's that, that curiosity, like, um, you know, all he wanted to be was in the mob, and you kind of look into those guys in the neighborhood, and it was simpler, pettier crimes, I suppose, in the 50s mm-hmm. when our movie begins. But by the end, and the things that he gets into with the cocaine, uh, it, it is a completely different mafia at that point, you know? Sure. I, I think it's also worth noting that they don't. The, the, sure, he did seek out to be like those guys, mm-hmm. but he also was unbelievably lucky to live long enough to be successful. <laughs> you look at the kid who gets shot by Joe Pesci in the middle of the movie. Oh, Spider! Yeah, Spider for having a bit of a lisp and offending him slightly. It's not the main character's merit that got him through this film. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting you mentioned you jumped to that because the plot isn't necessarily the thing that's the most fascinating thing about this film. I would genuinely say it was the characters. Tommy mm-hmm. yes. is terrifying in a Jason Voorhees kind of way. Yeah. Um, but he won't shut up. Like, that's the difference is like, you have somebody who has this internal rage and this thermometer that's always up above 130 degrees, just always mad, always ready to do something. And you never quite know his next move. And that sequence with spider was genuinely scary. (laughs) It was. And, and Joe Pesci does an amazing performance throughout the whole film. There's a reason why he won the Oscar for it. Oh, I didn't realize he won the Oscar for this. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Yeah. Deserving. Mm -hmm. Um, Tommy DeVito. Not knowing who else was nominated back when I was two years old, but I'm going to say deserving based on his performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I was four. Yeah. 1990? Yes, I was four. I will say also, Ray Liotta does a great job, and I've not seen him in a lot of things. Where, I mean, I don't think he does a bad job, but mm-hmm. I was surprised at how well he did in this. It was, it was, it was really... Uh, it was a performance that was layered in all the right ways to show mm-hmm. a person who is not very layered. Yeah, no, that's that's really well said. There was uh, stories online about how he just, like, stalked the living crap out of Martin Scorsese to get this role, and finally Martin gave in and gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't think of many things that Ray Liotta is in that I genuinely like, but I genuinely liked his performance in this one. I did, too. I did, mm-hmm. too. I um, There's the moment on. when, when uh, Tommy demanding to know why he's funny oh yes he goes from the laughter that is so fake and put on and for a moment i thought maybe leota's not doing a good job acting and then i realized that no this is the character doing an over-the-top acting to fit in and and then i was in I have a note here that says that Leota laugh. Holy crap. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I get it. <laughs> That's exactly what I went through. I hate it. This is over the top. This is too much. And then, oh, no, I no. this is perfect. I totally understand what's happening here. Mm-hmm. It's all it's uh, genuinely trying not to die mixed with, uh, you know, trying to 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 become a made man at the end of the day and make mm-hmm. your way up, you know, um, Gosh, that whole sequence and how as it gradually becomes quieter and quieter, and people just get you know more and more serious and more serious, and then uh, finally there's that really long pause where he's like, "Get out of here, Tommy!" He's like, oh, "I almost had him. I almost mm-hmm. had you, you stuttering prick." You know all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, just just a you know just a terrifying 
sequence and just following that character again super unpredictable randomly killed samuel l jackson who i totally did not recognize in the movie i completely yeah he's so barely there that i wasn't sure it was him at first yep not at all um that when he finally gets the made man status you're even like you know as james conway which is de niro's character and henry which is real yoda as they're celebrating you know you could just kind of tell on henry's face he's like Oh, oh yeah! Congratulations, uh, you you did it. It's like, dude, you're terrified of this guy. There's no way you're his friend. <laughs> and then, of course, for Tommy to you know go into the room to get the made man status, and just you know, as soon as that door opens and there's nobody in there, he just knows, and it's over. And mm. boom, there comes the bullet in the back of the head. Right. Gosh. Um, well, yeah. So. It, I love Scorsese films that. So one of the things I you brought this up earlier, the fact that you need to show the comeuppance. I find sometimes it's very artificial to have the moral just thrown down your throat. I feel Scorsese really does a good job of having uh, the natural consequences of lifestyle choices and actions play out in a way that is not overly moralizing, but impossible to deny. And I think that scene was a key example of that. This was this movie made me like Wolf of Wall Street more than I did when I first saw it. Like I I liked Wolf of Wall Street, but this so, movie makes me appreciate it in a whole new way. I wanted to talk about Wolf of Wall Street because I ahead. think they're the same exact movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. So do I. Down to like the soundtrack and like choosing mm-hmm. the pop of the time and all that. Oh man. They're they're the same movie. It's just mm-hmm. and somebody pointed out on his Wikipedia even that uh, some critic that Scorsese, as he got older, went from talking about the vice of the gangster to talking about the vice of the corrupt businessman and politician. Mm-hmm. The, the corruption, in the, basically the corruption in the, that's underneath the system and then the corruption that's in the system. And I feel like The Wolf of Wall Street is the same movie talking about business sharks as this is talking about gangsters. Yep, that whole spiral down sequence, um, the staircase sequence in Wolf of Wall Street, where he's falling down the insanely long steps, only to find that it's like four. The, was it when he's hopped up on whatever drug he's <laughs> yeah, taking? Yeah, been at trying the time. to get to his Lamborghini, which is my favorite Lamborghini of all the Lamborghinis. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great flick. Uh, for those who don't know, I'll just read you a couple of credits. Uh, Scorsese did The Irishman. He did Silence, which is a movie Brendan really likes. Uh, Wolf the of Wall Street is on the front entrance of my house. Yes, it is. It's the first thing I saw when I walked in. Yeah, uh, Hugo, one. Hugo is very, very good. Shutter Hugo's Island is very, very good. Did we see and Shutter Island together in college? I don't think so, because that came out in 2010. Oh, you're um, right. We would have seen this together. Good the point. thing with Shutter Island was I had read the script and I loved the script so much. And then when I saw the trailer and I realized they gave the ending away in the trailer, I was like, no. So oh, I, I didn't have point it. To, Interesting. Oh, man. I'll I point to, to that, that trailer again. all the time. Is like, this is how you don't make a dang trailer. Um, but he worked with DiCaprio a whole bunch. And the, the Departed, of course, which got on the Oscar, The Aviator, Gangs of New York. The Departed, uh, to me, is his most fun movie. The Departed That's to another me is one I need really another fun. shot at, I think. Because it's, it's jarring in a different kind of way. Like, the cinematography, I think, is the best of any of his films that I've seen mm. in that one. Although I'm sure Silence has better cinematography. Silence is gorgeous. Silence is not a fun watch. It's gorgeous. (laughs) There you go. Um, So yeah, that's just a little bit about Scorsese there. Um, I have to say, watching this film, I I was thinking like De Niro 
okay, like this is De Niro being the De Niro everyone expects. They expect mafia, mm. they expect mob, they expect full Italian and all this stuff. It wasn't until that booth restaurant scene towards the very, very end when you have that window shot and they do the Spielberg like push and pull Jaws sequence, but they do mm-hmm. that with them in the booth. So at they're the pushing end? at the end when he goes to meet De Niro in the booth, and I'll post this in the show notes, they're mm-hmm. pushing in on them and they're zooming out. And it's the coolest freaking sequence. I should um, go back and watch that again. I didn't notice as much. I felt the tension, but well, I think that even if you didn't notice it, like you felt the tension probably from like that subtlety of that sequence, because all that does is build on the paranoia that he already has. You know, his wife sure. just had that sequence with, you know, go to the dress shop around the corner, get your mom something, which was holy crap, terrifying. That was a freaky, freaky, you scene. know, and you got to build up to all the people getting whacked in the awful ways to get to him being like, oh, yeah, just go to the dress shop around the corner. And she like keeps looking back and he's like, yep, go right ahead. And the closer she gets, you're like, is this where the wife is going to die? Like, is this the sequence where she gets shot? And it's like you are at the the cliche. You are at the edge of your seat. Mm hmm watching this sequence and and you don't know quite how to feel because she's in on it too but not as much as as henry was and then she just runs away and that's great so you have that paranoia already set up for when he uh, henry goes and talks to de niro and uh that sequence when he's wearing the glasses and he's asking him to whack somebody i'm like okay this is this is probably the best yeah. i've ever seen de niro oh my but gosh the thing about de niro is yes he has played a lot of gangsters mm-hmm. but they are fairly different in each one this this role is a very he's kind of a he's he's a little stupid or a little insecure thus the 20s everybody gets 20 bucks all the time (laughs) and maybe not stupid but boyish there's uh there's an immaturity to him uh, but i i thought his role was very he did a very good job in it i still need to see the irishman did you ever see that i never did no but I do need it's to just see that, that it's like well. 12 hours long, so I haven't... Yeah, and if I'm going to watch a 12-hour movie with De Niro in it, I'm probably going to watch The Deer Hunter. So scratch what I said before, I The Deer Hunter too. I think is the best seen, De Niro. I haven't seen Deer Hunter, so... Oh my gosh, it ruined my okay. senior year. So, so okay, just, just to be careful here, I just want to... Because if, if the answer to this is One Direction, <laughs> I know what we're doing next. You've seen The Godfather, right? I've seen The Godfather Part 1, that's right. You've not seen 2? I have not seen two. Okay, I've been dying to watch The Godfather Part 2 for about six months now. Let's watch then The Godfather Part 2. Let's do The Godfather 2 next. I like that, yeah. And then you pick one that I haven't seen, or both yeah, of us. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, the, we'll do the number lottery next. Great. But yeah. Because I like I, I, I'm going to watch The Godfather Part 2 very soon. I've been really wanting to. <laughs> and it's it's an incredible film. Love it. Love it. Yeah, man, I love that idea. Um, It's... You know, it's one of the highest ranked films of all time, much like this one. I actually went through the entire history of the IMDb 250 in preparation for this episode. There uh, is not a year where Goodfellas is not ranked in the top 70. It is consistently wow. in the top 70. So much to the first year of IMDb, I believe it was 68. And currently it's at 17. Um, and IMDb it's always... Top 100? Top 250, yeah. It's, it's genuinely always in that double-digit number. I don't think it's ever been top 10, but it's always been very, very high. Um, I will also post in the Siskel and Ebert review in the show notes because that was also very cool and compelling. And I really liked a lot of what Siskel had to say. So folks enjoy that one as well. Um, Let's see. I have to say, I just pulled it up. Are we talking about the list that has Shawshank Redemption as the best movie of all time? Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Uh, Shawshank whole- Redemption is a great movie. It is not the best movie of all time. <laughs> Would you say The Godfather is? No, but if if The Godfather was in the one slot, I'd nod and say, okay, sure. <laughs> Look, man, we can't put The Last Jedi that high. Nor would I. I <laughs> we could vote it up there because there's a whole like thing about people voting and the Shawshank Redemption and IMDb and all these people were giving The Godfather a one score just to get Shawshank higher. And there's a there's a lot of um, how do I politically say this? There's a lot of voting questions when it comes to yeah. the IMDb top 50. Um, well, everything everywhere all at once is a number nine right now. That's nuts. I've got to go see it. Oh, mm-hmm. Goodfellas is 17 at the moment. Love it. So overall, though, Mike genuinely thought it was it was a really good film. It really was. I had a lot of fun watching it. Were, yeah. Who else did you watch it with? Anybody? My wife. She had seen it before and she oh. she said the same thing you did, that she had kind of a negative opinion of it because there's too much profanity and violence. And this time had a great time. Oh, good. But I, I guess that's part of it, too, though. You can have a movie that is not glorifying the violence, but is also fun to watch. And this is both of those things. It's it's a f- funny movie at many points. It is, absolutely. I, that, yeah, uh, no, I really enjoyed gosh, it. Gosh, the, the opening sequence of even just like the thumping from the trunk, you, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it demands a mystery. And um, <clears throat> the sequence when they're, he thinks he's getting chased by the helicopter. And you're also kind of not sure, but you're pretty positive that he is being followed yeah. by a helicopter. But it's also not past him to be dreaming that he's being followed by a helicopter because his he's wife hopped also up like, on a lot of drugs. On a lot of cocaine, a lot of the white powder. Um, but boy, well, he- like. His but, wife is a fascinating character because I, I, I liked watching how Vice corrupts the good around you. Yeah. And I feel like the movie did a really good job of showing how she was a decent person. And by the end, she was just him. Yeah, just him in a different kind of form. You know, she thought that um, this is an interesting tidbit. At the very end, when they're talking to the FBI agent about getting reassigned somewhere else, that is the actual FBI agent. Who did that for the actual Henry Hill in real life? Fascinating. Yeah, and he just played it. He he tried to play it as closely as he could to when they actually had that conversation four years prior, I believe. Which is wow. nuts. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I believe the book came out in '86. Uh, Wise Guys is the name of the book that the Goodfellas is based off of. So it's based off a true story. And um, there's been so much interesting lore around it. So much to the point that they actually tracked down where Henry Henry was uh, relocated to for witness protection, which was Redmond, Washington, and he owned an Italian restaurant. That's what he and did. you say he, meaning he's not around because they tracked him down? <laughs> no, no. He died of, I think, heart failure in 2012, I believe, huh. was the key. I don't think anyone from this movie is currently still alive. I think even his wife has passed away. Um, okay. Certainly, Pauly, the, the original mob boss, did pass away in jail. Um and I believe De Niro's character of Tommy is also gone. So not many people left. But from my understanding, a lot of folks that worked on this movie knew the actual gangsters in real life. Wow. Which is crazy. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yes, indeed. Uh, so on, on, on your list of gangster movies, where does this fall? I guess I would have to first list my gangster movies, which number one is a... <laughs> slapstick parody movie 
starring Jay Moore, uh, directed by David Zucker. I believe it's called Mafia! Exclamation mark. Okay. Uh, and it's like the Naked Gun version, the scary movie version of like all the mob movies. So I think of that one immediately. Um, but no, like I mean, uh, from the from the mob movies and the mafia movies that I've seen, it, Godfather, then pretty much this one. Um, American Gangster is definitely very high. Like that's a top fiver for sure. With Denzel I haven't Washington seen that one. I need Crow. to still see that one. Very, very good. Very, so very I, good. I don't know. I I don't. I mean, it's Godfather one and two, but I don't know which one I'd put first. Uh, Goodfellas is close to the top, but I really like The Departed. I really like. I don't. But then you get complicated. You get like old school. Is yeah? Is Maltese Falcon in a gangster movie? I mean, I right? Don't know. Is Pulp Fiction a gangster movie? It, it is listed as a mafia right. movie. You know. Um, Scarface, Donnie Brasco, uh, Leon, American Gangster, Reservoir History Dogs. of Violence is probably top. Oh, top there. I would put towards my top Road to Perdition. Wow, I haven't thought about that one in a long time. But man, that's that a, cinematography. Oh. That's an incredible movie. Yeah, that really a, that's is truly an incredible movie. That the end of that film. Try not to spoil it, but the moment between mm-hmm. father and son at the end of that movie is one of the. Most powerful moments I've seen in a movie. I love it. Um, one that I actually haven't seen is Gangs of New York, which I believe is also considered a mob movie. Um, and another Scorsese film for the that title. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a very good uh, way <laughs> to just say, yeah, I'm moving forward if it's got gang in it. But I remember reading Public Enemies, and after I read Public Enemies, I did not watch it. That's the Johnny Depp one. Okay. Um, oh, no, I did see that one. Eh. Okay. I remember none of it. Yeah, uh, I think Chinatown's pretty high up there as well. I need to see Chinatown. You haven't seen it? I have not seen Chinatown, no. Okay, I think I ruined it earlier. Um, but I honestly, probably... I, you don't need to worry about... Yeah, there's, so it comes. I don't recall what you said, but if, it, uh, if you Perfect. feel like you ruined it because it has a bad ending, a sad ending, a negative ending, uh, <laughs> I knew that already. Oh, very good. Okay, um... The only other one I would throw in there that I have seen that I really, really like a lot is Sin City. Uh, Good Gravy is that have an I, insanely Have I told film. my Sin City story on this podcast yet? I don't recall. Go right ahead. Wait, your parents' first R-rated movie? Is that what this was? First R-rated movie I was allowed to go see on my own, yeah. And That's I walked out. I walked out not because I thought it was so inappropriate, but because I knew if I walked out, my parents would trust me to go see whatever I wanted. There it is. It did you ever finish it? Me. No, I never did. Nope. But I oh. walked out while Elijah Wood was eating people. Thank you. That's and I, I, I felt very, very smart the way I played that game. <laughs> I think I did tell that story season one. Yeah. You did, yeah. You're making me think of Stewie when he goes, and I helped. I don't know why, but that's what I think <laughs> of when you say it that way. Um, yeah. I just had one more in my... I just went away. Oh, um... Not an American mob movie, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Rock and Rolla. In my opinion, Rock and Rolla is the best of the three. I know nobody agrees, and that's totally cool. Not uh, Snatch is also them. quite good. That's, okay, cool. Guy Ritchie is a really fantastic uh, He's director. Fun. Yeah, his visual style sure is really stunning. Him. Yeah. This is why I can't trust Google. It says No Country for Old Men is also a mob movie. Yeah, I saw that on my list, too. That's Ooh, Miller's Crossing. That's oh, that's like one of my favorite Cohen films. 
Eastern Promises was fine, but I'm not going to give anything past fine. And I haven't seen Heat. I have These seen Heat. interesting results. I don't think Heat is... I think Heat might be overrated. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I was not blown away by it. And it Other may just be movie. that it's mm-hmm. uh, been done... The same thing's been done better since then, and I saw those things first. Gotcha. Uh, other ones listed are In Bruges, American Hustle, um, Reservoir Dogs, The Sting. The Sting is good. French Connection never saw that one. Um, and that's what I got from Mob Booms. But overall, Goodfellas, you know, if if you need like a, a pretty violent, awesome, prodigal son kind of story, this might not be it, but it's pretty close. <laughs> I really enjoyed um, it. I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it. It was pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Um, I have actually talked to people since we uh, had posted that episode who said that this is, like, their favorite film of all time. I don't know how, but that's cool. I mean, I get it. it uh, I, I get how it could be. If it had come along in my life at the right time and I had mm-hmm. that nostalgic fondness for it, I could easily see this being like that. I don't think it will be at my age at this point, but I I agree. It. But overall, like as far as a character study goes, this is nuts. It's great. In fact, I got to run down one quick thing. When they're doing that one solid shot and they're going through the bar and they're drifting through all the different names of all the different people, every mm-hmm. single person is unique. Every single character is different. And, and you, you got so much from just mm-hmm. Ray Liotta saying their name and narration and then them saying a response or not saying anything. Yeah. You knew that character. Right. You knew and exactly that's about like him. And they never craft. show up again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I also liked when they're going to the wedding and introducing all the Pete's, Petey's, and Peters. That's right, yeah, because there were so many. Uh, so yeah, overall solid. Yeah. Turns out some of the best movies of all time are pretty good. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, give me a number between uh, 1 and 200? 76. 76. And uh, why don't you go ahead and add 12 to it? Which would be uh, 88. 88. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry, that's all right. My brain also fell apart there. All right. 88. Dude. Why did you just add 12? You just, that's your contribution. Just throwing myself off. Gotcha. Rashomon. Yeah, I have not seen Rashomon. I have not seen Rashomon. Listeners at home, shut up. I hear you. It's okay. That's why we're doing this show. Because we haven't seen a lot of these things. Boo Boo Bear. Wonderful. So we'll do Godfather Part 2 and we'll do Rashomon uh, actually... when we do these segments again. Okay, Maybe I should explain this right now. I've I've been trying to figure out what the what in Japan the the maidens with the things above their eyebrows is supposed to be, and that's in Rashomon. So I actually was looking this up the other day. So let's do Rashomon. I would love a good Japanese samurai movie. Excellent. Well then, you've got your homework to look that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna figure it out. Maybe the movie will tell me. Wonderful. Well, are you enjoying any new entertainment since last we spoke? I saw the Northman. Yes, go um, on, please. I uh, really enjoyed it. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It mm-hmm. was a packed screening, and uh, the only thing that was more entertaining than the movie itself was watching all of the other people in the film uh, very much unprepared for Robert Eggers' movie. Mm. Uh, they did not know what they were getting themselves into. I heard four different people indicate that the director must have been on Mushrooms. Uh, really it was they did not appreciate the film (laughs) (laughs) 
For those um, who don't know, Robert Eggers has done The Witch, uh, The Lighthouse, and The Northman. I believe those are his only three films. But. Yeah, they are. My coworker saw it as well, and she was not a fan either. Very sure that she and her husband were going to enjoy it. It was the first movie they've gone to in about two and a half years. Oh, dear. Uh, I tried to warn her that maybe this one, this one's artsy and weird. Uh, did not like it. There, well, at the beginning <laughs> of the episode, I said I'm going to come back to something about The Northman. I can't remember what it was regarding. Huh. Booger. Was it, it was, was it was relevant? Was it similar to my Batman complaint? It wasn't fun. It wasn't magical. I didn't laugh like that thing. No. No, it wasn't. Alright, this is what we're gonna do. Alright? Alright, yep. Do. We're gonna finish this podcast. I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna listen to it, and then we're gonna hit record again. And I'm yes, going to give my observation, and you'll just tack it on the end of the episode after the music, <laughs> like a postscript. I love that. It'll I be, love that idea. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be really really fluid. No, nobody will notice. <laughs> but keep this keep this in so people notice day after, and nobody mm-hmm. will notice even though I just told them what we're doing. Perfect. Well, let right. me ask you this: was was Willem Dafoe Willem Dafoeing throughout the film, or did he kind of tone it down? He was in the film for about six minutes. He's listed on the poster. Yeah. Uh, his skull spends more time talking than he does. That's kind of neat. I'm already curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's great. He was Willem Dafoe. Is this based on a true legend, kind of like Beowulf or anything like that? This is the story that Shakespeare based Hamlet off of. You're kidding. No, it's... That's wicked cool! Yeah, it's Hamlet. I mean... There's some just differences, but you watch it, and the arc of the movie is Hamlet. That's exciting. It, it's, right on. It's yeah, no bones about it. This is what what he was basing Hamlet on. Very good. Very very good. Um, How about you? Uh, I think for me, I'll keep it brief. I just started reading Batman Year One, and uh, oh. <laughs> I and I man. will state I did not appreciate Batman Year One the first time I read it. Every time I've read it since, it is a masterpiece par excellence. There are parts of it where it's, I don't know, there's, like, Frank Miller knows how to write a freaking comic. Like, he my does. goodness. And, and the thing well, is... Well, he did. Aw. Have you read anything he's done in the last 20 years? 20 years. So, that's, as back as 2002? Uh, I can't think of anything at the moment. Did he redo The Spirit during that time? He directed no, he directed it. And he wrote it too. That's right. I can't think of anything specific, but do you have something specific that comes to mind with that example? <laughs> uh, the two sequels to The Dark Knight Returns and the prequel to The Dark Knight Returns that is supposed to occur between year one and The Dark Knight Returns, which is uh, All-Star Batman and Robin is one of the worst comics I have ever read. Oh, goodness. Okay. So I, as a teenager, The Dark Knight was my favorite of his. It was edgy. It was fun. As an adult, Year One is not just his best comic, but one of the best comics anybody anywhere has made. Right on. Right on. Um, I'm trying to think about the Frank Miller stuff. I mean, because the Sin City stuff, like the Hard Goodbye, Dame to Kill For, like those are really cool. Mm. Um, there's one called Holy Terror that came out a couple of years ago. I heard good things about, but I couldn't say 
For certain, but Daredevil, the man without fear, like that's... I need to do his Daredevil run. I've heard great things about that run. Yeah, great. Are you enjoying year one? I am enjoying year one. When you when you read it, folks, if you haven't read year one before, you will start to see where they have been pulling from like the last, I don't know, every Batman movie ever. Yeah. There's so many, like I think most recently with the, with the Batman, which they just announced the Batman 2 earlier mm-hmm. this week, hooray. Um, like the, the Catwoman in that is almost... It's straight out of this. Straight yeah. out of it. It is. I mean, pretty much it is straight out of it, um, which is neat. And speaking of which, there's something I will show you after the show, which is a new Batman hardcover that came out, and I think you'd be very interested in it. Which one? Uh, nineteen by Batman nineteen twenties. No, Gotham nineteen twenties nineteen forties. Interesting. Yes, I will post this in the show notes, yeah. folks, so that you don't miss it. Um, but past that, I have been enjoying. Man, I just read a really, really good book, um, which is actually a Viking epic called Shadow of the Gods, which was really cool. Um, that was a very, very good book. Uh, and I'd recommend it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been reading John it on, or something? on my, my uh, DC app. I've read been halfway through, I want to say Doctor Strange, but it's not. Adam Strange. Which is the mm. spiritual sequel by Tom King of Mr. Miracle that we've talked about, which is probably my favorite graphic novel of all time. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I have met Mitch, who drew that one, and yeah. He drew this. What a cool... He drew half of this one. It's really cool the way they do it. He draws, oh, right he draws the modern stuff, and then the, backs, the past stuff that may have some... Uh, unreliable narrator thing going on has mm-hmm. this more popcorn comic vibe to it. It's really great. That's exciting, man. Yeah. Well, well, very cool. Well, that's all we got for today, folks. We tend to keep these, I don't know if we'll keep these episodes shorter or what. It just depends on what we have to say about the film, but really and truly, truly enjoyed uh, Goodfellas and recommend it. Y'all yeah. enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yep. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Alright guys, I'm sorry. This is not worth it for this anecdote. I remember what I was gonna say. It was was an article I read about Robert Eggers filming the final scene with the airplane version in mind for the Northmen. So the final scene is... There's gonna be some spoilers here. But basically it's two naked guys fighting. The best! And you can't have a penis visible on an airplane. <laughs> so oh. they had him wearing these like uh, cinching up diapers. But then they found that the realism was really lost when you couldn't see the swinging testicles. So they digitally went and <laughs> added those back in. And now you know! You're joking! Now you know. What? Aren't you glad you stuck around? Aren't you glad? So, yeah. Alright. Yep. Goodbye for real now. Later. Goodbye for real. <laughs>